Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Mikuchi, and you are listening to the Jazzes Podcast. Everybody, Jazz's online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most exciting and amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz's Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz's Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Trumpeter keyboardist Ivan Van Hetten wears many hats, including those of producer, composer, musical director and educator. He has collaborated with a wide range of artists from Sister Sledge to Jules Holland. He's one-third of Tronic, a trio with Rob Harris and Paul Turner. He leads his own amazing projects too, and we talk with him today about his latest album, Parabian Tales, but also converse about his beginnings, the idea of passing on his knowledge to new generations of musicians, and his belief in the power of stories. So fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is our conversation with Ivan Van Hetten. Hi, Ivan. Welcome to the Jazz Is podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. Uh, what part of the world are you speaking to us from? Um, I'm in the UK and uh, in Great Britain, <laughs> in England. <laughs> so we're not that far. Like uh, I, I, we were saying before we started uh, the recording, I'm in uh, Ireland, so not too long a flight uh, away from each other. <laughs> oh, no, our neighbours, I think, sort of, yeah. right? About Definitely. an hour flight away. Yeah. Definitely. If I really tried, maybe I could swim over. You but, could uh, swim. My you swimming could. chops are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a bit scratch. cold, though. <laughs> oh yes, it's freezing right now. But it's uh, <laughs> we're getting some real dry weather in the west of Ireland. That's rare. So I'm actually quite happy about that at the time uh, of recording. Anyways, I don't know what it'll be like when the podcast goes out there. But that's a different story. That's true. So, Ivan, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on. And uh, this is the first time we speak. So what I like to do. Uh, for these podcasts is I kind of like to find out about, you know, uh, the journeys of the artists that I speak with. And particularly, I'm always very curious to find out about the earliest memories of music. So I'd like, I'd love to ask you what your earliest uh, memories, musical memories that you have are, you know, the ones that really stay with you and that thinking back, you think, you know, that's what kind of uh, maybe contributed to me wanting to pursue a professional career in music too. Right, right. Well, I would have to say that 
first of all, I was very, 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 very lucky to grow up in a, in a, in a musical household. And, um, so my, my parents and specifically my dad used to play, <clears throat> he had a fantastic, um, uh, record collection and music collection. And he used to play a lot of different types of music around the house anyways. And I do remember, um, sort of lying on the floor, literally in, in the lounge and listening to, um, at the time it was a, a mighty sparrow record. He was, was, was playing over and over and over again. It wasn't even the final, but it was a, an eight track yet and a reel to reel tape. And I remember listening to it and, and, uh, thinking this is what I'm going to do. Cause he was, he was a professional musician anyway. And, um, I do remember thinking, this is it. This, this, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is it basically, you know? So, so that decision was kind of made, I made that decision early, early on. And that's, that was one of my first memories or, or, or musical, um, um, memories, uh, that I, that I can sort of immediately recall. I have many, many, but, uh, that's, that was one of the first ones. Right. And, and when you got started into playing instruments, which were, uh, which was the instrument that you kind of started with? I, I had lessons from him. Um, he was a trumpet player as well. And so I had trumpet lessons from him and piano lessons from him as well. Um, so I, I started on both and that sort of naturally progressed into me becoming a keyboard player and a, and a trumpet player at the same time, which is the reason why I have a, um, as a touring musician, I have a, what you'd call a double career, one as a trumpet player and one as a keyboard player. In some bands, I play keyboards and piano and some bands, I play trumpet. And that's because it's just, it just grew that way. It just, it just happened, naturally happened that way. And this is something that actually I wanted to ask you about because having that experience and that knowledge in both of these instruments, uh, do you find that that helps you approach, uh, your, uh, compositions, you know, the way that you compose music in different ways? Like you can complement what you can do with one instrument with the other as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, if anything, it has helped me to, it has made my life easier on both ends because there's such vastly different instruments. I mean, obviously the piano, you know, anything with black and white keys, whether it's a piano or a keyboard or a Hammond organ, it's a matter, but it's, it, that's very much harmonic, you know, for, from a harmonic perspective, that instrument is set up from, from a harmonic perspective and um, a, a trumpet is, 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 is built from a melodic perspective. And obviously you do have rhythm as well, but, but, you know, melody is the big thing with a trumpet and with any horn um, instrument. And that makes your perspective as, as a composer, um, very, very different. And one just helps the other. So, um, um, it, it, it has really helped. It's really, really helped. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 And maybe just uh, thinking ahead, because I do want to get to talking about your most recent album, uh, which I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right now, Parabian Tales. That's a perfect 10 for That's you. Correct. Because <laughs> some, you know, some people say 
Caribbean. Some people say Caribbean. So right, 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 right. <laughs> you never right. know. But then when no. it came to this title, I wanted to make sure. But yeah, speaking of melody, one of the things that really got to me about this album was that there are some really great melodies in it, like some really great melodic moments. And I wanted to maybe like uh, talk about melody a little bit with you and just ask you and feel free to answer in whatever way you like. But what does melody mean to you? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> everything it's everything it's uh i think melody is it ties everything together and I, with that i'm not saying that it's more important than rhythm or more important than harmony but when people if, if you even go back to how people lived you know thousands and thousands of years prior to us you know if, if people gather around they sing Right. And what do they actually have? Not much. They just only have their voices to sing. And what do they, what do they make with their voices? Melody. They make up melodies. And, um, <clears throat> that's why I, for me, melodies are very, very important. And that probably in some way reflected in or reflects in my, in my albums, in, in my, in my, in my solo work. I, I think it's everything. There's so much you can say. There's so much you can express if the melody is a right melody there's so much expression you can use there's so much um colors you, you can bring to to the bandstand if if you if you come up with uh, the right melody at the right time and you know what i mean we talked about uh you know your uh side as a multi-instrumentalist but when I look at your work, I mean, it's it's fascinating because not only have you collaborated with so many of the greats and not only as a musician, but also as a composer, musical director and producer. And you've also worked in theater, you know, within art installation context. So, I mean, do you feel that your approach to music is dynamic? I mean, do you feel that that's also an important part of your artistic identity? And also, why do you think that is? Well, um, I just love wearing several hats I, it, it's uh it's something that i've always done i i love wearing the hat of the musician at, at one point and then the next minute i could be uh the producer in the studio or the next minute i'm a composer i find that very very inspiring and it sort of keeps me um it keeps me musically it keeps me alive as well and it triggers new ideas. <clears throat> I always found that if you're stuck in one, one lane in the lane of only being a musician or only in the lane of being whatever, a producer or a composer, um, that's, that's fine as well. But I, I tend to find that a bit, well, relatively limiting. I, I, I like to sort of step away from the one thing that I do and just go into the other in that other realm for a second and then come back because you always learn something new. You bring new experiences from um, that other lane back into that first lane that you're involved in. And as far as the immersive art um, experience goes, that's a whole new thing and it's it's a, it's fascinating it's really really fascinating you write music i was asked to write music for certain cues 3d cues and um for exhibitions and and you have to think completely in a completely different way versus how you would think for 
uh, writing for an album or, or writing for a commercial or, or any, any other sort of music to picture situation. And, um, those challenges are challenges that I really, really, really enjoy. The track you are hearing is from Parabian Tales, the latest album by Ivan Van Hetten, available now on Blue Canoe Records. Parabian Tales was born from the concept of combining Caribbean-influenced music with contemporary jazz and funk to weave a narrative of his childhood. We'll talk more about the record in the second part of our conversation with the artist himself. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we regularly cover in our print version of Jazz's, jazzes.com and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, here is the second part of our conversation with Ivan Van Hetten. And I also wanted to ask you about your work as a music educator, because, uh, you know, and I wanted to ask you, when did you realize that aside from working on your own projects, that you'd also like to pass on your knowledge to others? Hmm. Well, um, you've just um, used one of my main phrases in education, which is passing on. And that's uh, something that actually, to be fair, goes back to, my dad, who, who, who was my main teacher or, or one of my main teachers, he, um, he sort of encouraged me as a, at a very young age. Um, he loved teaching others as well. And he, he sort of passed on the idea of passing on. He always said, look, it's great if you know a lot about music. It's great if you become a great musician, but it doesn't mean a thing if one day, you know, when, when, when your time's up and you sort of, you, you die and you, 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 you disappear off the face of the earth with all of that knowledge. Um, pass it on before you go. And that philosophy has always stuck with me. And, and, uh, um, that's why actually early on, somewhere in my twenties already, I, I, I started teaching students and, and, um, and passing on the knowledge. Um, I just, I just think there's something really magical about it. And, I think it's, uh, I think it's part of, of what you do as a musician to, to pass on, to pass on your knowledge. Right. Knowledge and experience and all that. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not necessarily, or it's not only 
passing on the nitty-gritty of harmony and, and melodies and, and composition and arrangements and, you know, all the technical stuff and, and how to play the horn and all of that really technical stuff. It's, on, it's also passing on experiences from the road, experiences from touring, good ones, bad ones, the ugly ones, the amazing ones, you know, all the experiences passing them on to, to the next generation. And if, and if out of the group that, that you might be teaching, if, if one or two students take on board what you, what you pass on, then that's, that's good enough for me already. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, from what you said, your father was a very important person in your life. Did you have any other, uh, teachers and mentors that kind of helped you out, especially early in your, in your career? Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, the, the, later on when I went to study, um, um, um jazz, um, of, or, or the, the trumpet on a, on a conservatory and university level, as we call it these days, um, the particular teachers, there were a few professors that I had who were instrumental, um, um, in, in, in my personal development. They, it, it was a combination of, how they taught me and what they taught me and things they said things things they passed on to me actually here we go again with the with the with the phrase of passing on but things they've passed on to me and uh, for instance um my my trumpet uh, professor used to say look man it doesn't matter what you play Make sure you sound great. Your sound is everything. Your sound, you know, and he would really go on about sound. And he really planted that seed um, in me that, that, that really taught me that sound, the way you sound is everything. You can, you know, you, you, you can play amazing, but if you sound, if you don't sound, um, acceptable at least, it's going to be hard to listen to after a while, you know? So, yeah, those were, those were fantastic lessons. And speaking of that, actually, I mean, did you find it difficult to find your sound? Hmm. It's a bit of a, a, a bit of an odd answer to that question. I've never really been busy with that. I always, always played what I played and did what I did. And I think my sound development is something that sort of happened in the background by itself, but I've never been consciously, um, very busy with, um, how do, how do I sound more, more from a perspective of making sure that I sound good, but not sounding like someone or not sounding like someone or, um, not from that perspective. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, uh. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? This is more of an automatic thing that happened, really. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you you don't want to be think about it too hard because otherwise that might get in the way. It's almost going back to what we were saying earlier, thinking outside the box, but also you don't want to be trapped into something, right? Because right, then maybe right, you risk right. becoming a caricature of yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly, exactly. Like you know, for trumpet players, obviously, you know, and then they'd say, oh well, you know, the the, the Freddie Huberts of this world are the people you should listen to, the Miles Davis and Dizzy Gillespie and you know, the the greats of of of, of the horn. Um, which I did and we all do, but I never sort of, um, went to the extent where I started thinking, oh, well, I want to sound like that or I want to avoid sounding like that because I think that's where you start 
putting these psychological roadblocks in 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 into your 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 system um on a subconscious level so i just i just did what i did which is still what i'm doing right well somewhat related to that then uh if we can talk about your your most recent album uh parabian tales uh, was there a starting point for you as far as this project was concerned? Something that you in particular that you wanted to explore with this new record of yours? Yeah, I, um, I wanted to bring together a bunch of musicians who, um, I, I love working with and, um, um, so I, you know, I, I, I called Will, Will Kennedy, drummer, um, and, I played him a few ideas, um, and I said, "Look, I, I would love to have you on the drum, on the drum, in the drum chair." I, I wrote the material with a specific type of musician in mind, not necessarily with specific names in mind, but a specific type of musician in mind. I thought it would be interesting to see what happens if I put these, if I sort of cast these musicians together. And they would play this material. That would be an interesting, I thought would be an interesting, um, experiment, if you will. And, um, that sort of started the whole thing. And then I, I, I spoke to Russ and, and, you know, they all graciously, uh, agreed to, 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 uh, to, to work on the project. And we went into the studio. Um, in fact, we, we rehearsed, uh, for, I think a, a few days or so. And then we went into the studios in, uh, in in Los Angeles for um, for a few days, and we recorded everything in in um, a few takes. You know, for each song, the work process was basically for each song we did one or two, maximum three takes, and then just um, choose the best take. And usually, it was the first take or the second take that we we said, "Yep, yeah, that's the take." And what you hear on the record is is, is first take or second take. Wow, the chemistry was there. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was a obviously it's a um an interesting um combination of chemistry. Um, people can play, of course, you know. Um, experience, all of that kind of comes together, and people were obviously also very enthusiastic about the project, of course. Um, but but yes, there there was something in the air. Absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, t- looking at the title, the term uh, "tales" of the title intrigues me, and it kind of makes me think. Do you think? Do you see the compositions of this album as as stories? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Every each and every one of these compositions, I see them as a little tale that I tell, and that tale doesn't necessarily has to connect to the next one, but. In, in a bigger picture, all of these tales, they do connect. They do feel like it's one book, like it's one album, like it's one story or one, one linear thing happening in the end. And, um, um, but yes, all, all of these, um, was it 10 tracks, nine, nine tracks on the album, um, are, are, are tales. Yes. Yeah. I believe in tales. I believe in tales. Hmm. Why, why, why do you, what makes you say that? How do you believe in tales? Yeah, there's something magical about people telling stories. You know, it's, it's something that, that we've been doing for thousands and thousands of years. And, um, that doesn't mean that every story is as, as, as cool as, as, as the other story, but, but tales to me, 
as as the idea of stories, I find it a very interesting concept because you can use those two, three, four, five minutes of a song or a tune or a composition to tell a story. And that, that I find fascinating. Yeah. And speaking of uh, the sound of the album too, before I even uh, heard the album, I was excited to read that, you know, part of the concept was that, that you pursued, I guess, was to combine Caribbean influenced music with contemporary jazz and funk. Yes, that's correct. That's so correct. I wanted to talk about that. I mean, you know, just, uh, just this idea of this, this fusion. Where does mm-hmm. that come from? Is there a personal side to this story, the story of the album? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, well, yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, I have a Caribbean heritage. Um, so that, that of course, uh, makes that slightly more personal. But beyond that, I always found it interesting to try to see if I could combine those types of melodies, those types of grooves and rhythms, which you do here on the record, played by um, people who actually don't necessarily have that Caribbean background. So in, in this case, the, 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 the musicians on the record, um, because what you will, what you, what you will get or what, what I thought that would happen and what actually did happen is that you will get a slightly different take, vision and twist on the music. And that's exactly where it became very interesting for me to do. So it's, it's, it's the, um, it's, it's the tension between how the, 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 the melodies and the, and the harmonies and the rhythms are formed and constructed, but, and, but played by musicians coming from a more jazz background, uh, what would it be? Funk, uh, fusion. Uh, background i think that that where it kind of meets each other somewhere in the middle that's exactly where the juice is for me yeah i think you're right and i think that's kind of part of the beauty also of listening to this record right hmm. yeah. thank well, you thank you uh Yvonne, it's it's been fascinating speaking with you uh and uh, thank you very much for joining us but you know the final question is just to kind of is there anything in the works right now what are you uh, uh, what are you thinking of is there any ambition that you'd like to pursue in the near future well um i i write a lot of material and so i have uh, a few projects uh ready to either record or ready to be to be released and um there is some more material um from the immersive art side as well i've done um an album on that end and uh there's a there's a few projects in the pipeline that will be released um soon that's most definitely yeah because i i just love producing new music and uh and uh yeah it's 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 good fun i must say that it's it's been making Caribbean tales with with uh with all these guys on board with russell ferrante with will kennedy with jimmy uh jimmy haslip uh bob who played on it as well lenny castro um it was 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 quite a trip it was, it was lovely it was a lovely experience yeah 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 well uh thank you very much once again for joining us it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank you for having me
hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ivan Van Hetten, and I remind you that his album Parabian Tales is available now on Blue Canoe. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Parabian Tales plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazzies podcasting content, our print magazine and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzies.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt McCucci signing off. See you soon. <music>